Hello, welcome to the Notorious News Network. We are your hosts, Sam Holden. And Pierce Olson. And this is episode one. So what we've got prepared today is two articles each. They are random. We have not disclosed them to each other as of yet. And then the fifth topic of news that we'll be discussing is Tesla's new Cybertruck, which we have unanimously agreed upon. So uh, we're going to start to the random, and then we will get to the Cybertruck at the end of this podcast. Uh, Pierce, let's, would you like to start with your first story? Okay, so my first story is the story of a soccer player named uh, Zlatan Ab- Ibrahimovic. Basically, this dude is um, from Sweden, and he played in Sweden, became very well known, played throughout Europe, and at the tail end of his career, he decided to come to America and play in the MLS, the American Soccer League. And after a couple years playing in LA, his contract ended. And in a surprising turn of events today, Zlatan has acquired stake in the Stockholm club, which is actually the club that is rivals with his club that he originally played with in Sweden. In his original club at the Milano stadium, there is a three and a half meter tall statue. So that's over 10 feet tall of just loving this dude. And as soon as he decided to buy stake in the opposing club, they vandalized it. They started burning it, they started spray painting it, and they were throwing toilet paper on it, and it just became this huge fiasco. And so that's my first story. How wild do you think that is? Has the statue like survived all that vandalism? Yeah, is it fine? The statue is still up, but there was flames that were going to it. Well, first thoughts, the fanaticism of sports fans and sports players never ceases to amaze me. This is part of the reason I don't always love sports, especially football games. The the tribalism that is present is intoxicating and not always in a good way. Yeah, I mean, that's just wild. Why, who reacts to something like that? Yeah, it's it surely is extreme. Now, the statue is made out of bronze, so, I mean, a flame isn't going to do much to that. I mean, unless you're taking... I imagine it left scorch marks. Yeah. I mean, from the picture, I, I, I don't know if there's any current pictures. The, the only picture I see on the article is like when they originally yeah, unveiled okay. the statue. Interesting. Well, I, that just seems drastic, especially for someone you celebrated. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not like morally wrong to switch teams or anything. Like, I understand if... You're taking down a statue of Hitler or something, but like <laughs> the guy hasn't done anything wrong for you. Yeah. The, okay, I don't know why this reminds me of this, but um, you remember when Camila Cabello left? <laughs> oh, what was the band? Was it Harmony Five? Was she in that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, Camila Cabello was in a band. I believe it was called the Harmony Five. And she left them obviously because she felt she could be more successful on her own, and she was right. She's very Fifth right. Harmony. Oh, sorry. Close. Yeah. Camilla Cabello was in a band called Fifth Harmony. She left the band because she thought she could do better on her own. She's done amazing on her own. The band kind of fell apart because of it. It's called Fifth Harmony. There are now only four people <laughs> in that band. They did a performance where four silhouetted or five silhouetted women showed up behind a curtain, and then the fifth silhouette trips and falls off stage, like behind the stage, and then it opens up, and the four remaining ones are there. Which is savage, but awful. Like, I think, I could be wrong, but like, Camilla Cabello was like very devastated when she saw that. And I, again, very different arenas here, but having a statue of you vandalized and burned because you switch teams 
which is essentially a career change. Yeah. I don't know what other statues they have. Imagine they had a statue of Steve Jobs outside of Apple, and then he went to work for Microsoft, and then you burn the statue of Steve Jobs. Well, like, would you want the statue still there? Well, he still invented the iPhone. And I'm grateful for the iPhone, so I feel like we respect people for what they've done in the past that was good, not as of now. I don't know, unless it's like horrific, but I can't quite imagine what a soccer player could do that could be that bad. Well, this is another wrinkle to the story. It was unveiled at the stadium October 8th, less than a month ago. Oh. They Ooh. barely unveiled the actual statue. So that's interesting. I, I was under the impression it had been there longer, so I can see that why that would be slightly awkward. But still, the statue is created and designed for particular reasons. Yeah. I, I imagine those reasons still stand. I imagine the club is still as successful as it was. Well, apart from him being a part of this, this uh, Swedish club, he's also the highest goal scorer in the history of Sweden with 62 goals scored for the Swedish national team. So on top of being a hero for the club, he's a national hero in the soccer community. And his switching isn't a loss on that record for them. No. So I just, I, I think their actions are a little out of place here. I don't approve, but that is very interesting and sports fanatics never cease to amaze. <laughs> yep. So if you want to go on to your second topic. Well, I'll just read the title of this one. British authorities scrambled to find stolen solid gold toilet. <laughs> so that's quite a title. I don't know if you're aware, but during the week of September 14th, a solid gold toilet was installed at England's Blenheim Palace, and it's totally connected to plumbing and everything. So it works. It works. It's a working solid gold toilet. Uh, it was designed by a 58-year-old Italian artist named Maurizio Catalan. The toilet is worth, by some estimates, up to $1.25 million. What? Because when it was stolen, it damaged some of the plumbing <laughs> because it was connected to the floor. Um, Someone really just came and snatched it? It looks to be a group. So this is the... Well, who, so, so far they've arrested a 66-year-old man who <laughs> was connected to it somehow. It doesn't say how. and. Uh, it says a group of thieves used at least two vehicles to accomplish the task. It was wow. overnight and they left around 4.50 a.m. local time. So, yeah, I mean, that's just one thing to take in, that there's a solid gold toilet at a palace <laughs> in Europe. Um, <laughs> the second interesting thing is that the name of this exhibition, it is an art piece by all technicalities, uh -huh. and it is named America. Hmm. So... Because we're the toilet of the world? A gold toilet, apparently. I, oh I feel like there's a lot we could take from that. Wow, that is amazing. So it looks to have been a group that just snatched it? Yeah. And a fun fact, before it was stolen, visitors could book three-minute appointments to use the golden wow. toilet. Wow. So not only was it an art exhibition, it was almost like... Interactive. It was an interactive art exhibition. Wow. <laughs> only three minutes. That is... Hopefully you're not putting a number two. Yeah. But <laughs> Unless you're ready, locked and loaded. <laughs> this article doesn't say, but I want to know how much it costs to book an appointment with the Golden oh, Toilet. Oh, yes. It was ironically offered to a more private residence at one point, uh, the White House. They asked for a particular painting from, I think it was Van Gogh. 
and they said that's not available but would you like a golden <laughs> toilet named america we can send like instructions for installing and stuff in the white house and uh, they did not take them up on that offer wow so blenheim palace was built in the 18th century and uh, it has plumbing yes so they have run plumbing through it since then and this thing is just massive so the, the date that it was built is not known sometime between 1705 and 1722. And so now it's just a tourist attraction out in um, Oxfordshire, England. So that is just incredible. Yeah. And prior to it, uh, a guy named Lord Edward Spencer Churchill, a brother of the Duke of Marlborough, he said the following uh, in relation to like if people would be attempting to steal this piece. He said, it's not going to be the easiest thing to nick. Firstly, it's plumbed in. And secondly, a potential thief will have no idea who last used the toilet or what they ate. So no, I don't plan on guarding it. I mean, it's worth 1.25 million, so yeah. I'm not sure what was expected. All you have to do is take that toilet and heat it up, and you have a million dollars. Yeah, there's no evidence. No. So, yeah, I'm not entirely sure how they're planning on recovering this. Um, also, I mean, just knowing how malleable gold is, is that the wisest thing to have people sit on? Yeah. Or maybe they're not allowed to spell. I guess a female books an appointment, like that's yeah. inevitable. Are you, is it being dented? All around, it's just a poor decision as an art piece. Yeah. It's also named America, which is kind of offensive. Also offering it to the White House. Yeah. Um, that is definitely art. But I do enjoy an old school heist. Admittedly, it's not jewels, but yes. a golden toilet is a close second. Anytime that we can get an Ocean's Eleven situation, <laughs> Man, and that they got away with it. That and makes it even it. better. And all they've caught so far is a 66-year-old man. So. <laughs> and he probably doesn't know much. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if there will be any updates on that. I definitely check in on that story. It looks to be like an exciting one. All right, let's hear your second article. So my second story is uh, something that I saw on Reddit today. And this just caught my attention. It just, it's, it's, it's incredible. The article is labeled... TSA just lost my switch. And already you wonder, how could this happen? So the guy goes on to tell a story about how he was going through TSA and he placed his bag for it to go through the, I didn't even know what you call it. The x-ray? Yeah, it, is it an x-ray? I believe so. So he puts it through there and it detects like a large electronic, which normally you're supposed to take oh, out laptop. before. Yes. Yeah. So they take out his large electronic and they put the bag back through he grabs his bag everything is okay and he sits and he's waiting there and five minutes passes and he hasn't gotten his switch back and so he gets tired and um, he asks what happened to my switch and they say that it's been displaced and he says okay what do I do now and the guy the TSA guy tells him that a file claim to TSA could get it reimbursed. And he looked it up, and apparently it could take up to six months to investigate. So he lost his switch. TSA took his switch. And it could take up to six months to start an investigation, yes. not even to get it back. Yes. And so he does say at the end that he understands that he made a mistake, but this is his first time ever going on a flight alone. And he forgot to take out the switch that, as it was considered a large electronic. Wow. Okay, first of all, I would not have thought about switches and a large electronic device. Yeah. At first, in retrospect, it makes sense. 
Where would you take a switch so far that you couldn't just give it back? I don't know. Like the, just, I guess the idea is that somebody stole it. One of the TSA workers just pocketed it. Oh, funny story. I went through TSA this last, oh, yesterday. My bag got pulled aside and apparently the culprit was, okay, actually back up. When I first went up to Utah, my bag got taken out and apparently I left a credit card knife in my wallet. So like made sense, but I tried my best to clear everything out this time and they grabbed my bag again. And I was like, I just couldn't believe it. Like I literally can't make it through TSA without them grabbing something I own. And apparently it was the bag of Sour Patch Watermelons. Like just that mass of sugar. They couldn't tell what it was through the scanner. So they had to pull the bag and pull that out. So they had to do the swab on the- Yeah, so I'm familiar with TSA's incompetence in some areas. I respect for what they do, but man, that is unfortunate. Losing a switch. Yeah. First flight too, that's just not a good experience. And so I just don't, this guy, ha he can't do anything. And plus he has no entertainment for <laughs> his ride on the plane. That is the true tragedy. I just, and that they would just steal his switch because they didn't lose it. Like somebody had to have pocketed it, yeah. right? That they would just steal his switch. I wonder that he couldn't just identify the TSA guy that was running the machine at the time. I don't know. Well, I hope someone looks into that for him. That is I know. Well, uh, it has uh, 1.6 thousand comments and 19,000 upvotes. So the story has... The story's out. The story has gone out, and it was posted just eight hours ago. Okay. So we might get an update on it at some point, but I thought that was just insane. That's crazy. All right, shall we move on to my second story? Yes. Okay. This is from October 8th and it takes place in remote eastern Oregon. Five young purebred bulls mysteriously showed up dead on the ranch this past summer, drained of blood, and with body parts precisely removed. I think I read this. Did you read this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've left the carcasses out there and they've checked them out, but it's, it's just weird. They've had, I believe, the genitals removed, and there may have been something else, but the cuts are very precise. Whatever was used was like razor sharp, not a drop of blood was spilled on the scene, and there are no footprints or anything around the carcasses. And they say everything leaves a footprint in this country because it's super dusty and stuff. Uh -huh. So literally, when they get calls about this stuff, people are saying, like, check for an indentation below the body. Because what aliens usually do <laughs> <laughs> is they, they abduct the cow straight up, right, in the beam. They do whatever they do to it, and then they drop it from a fairly large height. So sometimes the body leaves an indentation in the ground when it's dropped by the spaceship and then flies off. And that's their explanation for there's no footprints around this and there's not a drop of blood spilled even though they're having body parts removed. That's, that's essentially the story. There's not much to go on, but just what do you think of that? So you say it's in remote Oregon? Yeah, Eastern Oregon. Well, Eastern Oregon, I mean, I guess that is. So you don't have the coast to deal with. That's insane. That, it's a weird story. Alien, yeah, well, alien abductions aside, it's a person. <laughs> and this person Killed. is taking down several thousand pound bulls, removing at least the genitals with such precision that they don't spill a single drop of blood during the entire process and then they leave no trace wow. except for the carcass. And these bulls are not cheap. They are, I think they're worth like $6,000 a piece and they're breeding bulls. So the fact that they died and won't reproduce means they've lost thousands upon thousands of dollars in just the, like the you know, posterity they would have had. That is insane. I don't so, even, where do you even start with that? I, I don't 
think the cops know and the FBI may be involved at this point, according to the article. Well, I mean, definitely, if it's, if it's found out who the dude is, he's going to get sued for the losses. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely in it for authorities to try to figure out because that's a substantial amount of money mm -hmm. that's being lost. So what could possibly be the drive you to do that? I don't know anything about bulls. Are, are bull genital areas worth something? Is there I a particular would, use for those? I would be surprised. The, the only possibility I can think of, and I don't know if this is something people do, but impregnating female bulls with the sperm of the male bulls, if that's what was being removed, and that's somehow still... Is that, is that usable? Can you do that? As... I have no idea. I don't know anything about bulls. I hate speculating on this because like if the FBI are involved, obviously they know more than either of us would even be close to figuring out. I don't know how it's being done. I don't know why it's being done. But wow. it is just a fascinating story. That might be the end of that discussion. I don't know. You might want to check in on Stories of Eastern Oregon if you're an alien fanatic or even want to believe this is definitely one of the stories to pique your interest. Uh, if you're interested in weird crimes that are committed with incredible... What, what do you call that? Secrecy and effect, effectiveness? This is one to look into. Is there, like, stories of aliens in Oregon? I mean, I think there's stories of aliens everywhere. Well, but you know, some towns it's true. are known. I have no idea. It's nowhere near Area 51, which is the only one I think me or most people know by name. But as far as ranching areas, ranching areas are usually quite popular with alien myths, particularly with crop circles. Uh, right. This may just be another one to add to the list of alien casualties. Just the idea that all the blood was gone. There was no blood in the animal. Somebody took out all the blood. Does it say took all of it out? Yeah. There is no blood. Oh, I thought they just hadn't spilled any during the process. They no. removed all the blood. So they removed all the blood. That is horrifying. How do you do that? I mean, if you have the opportunity, go look up pictures of this. The bulls are like deflated bags of skin. It is quite disgusting. And the, the weirdest part, and why I say no drop of blood was spilled, is because something took these animals down, and there's no obvious sign of how. No and way for the weapon, or no look for what the weapon was. Like it, It's just a carcass drained of blood with the genitals removed. Okay, so on top of this, two years ago, 200 miles south of this location, cows were also found, but this time they were cut up, but there was still no blood. So this is not the first time that this has happened in the area. No, it's not. And also back in the 1980s, one of um, a farmer's uh, cows was killed, and you can still see the original spot where the cow died. They just left it there. It's like the carcass is still yeah. there. All right, should we go on to our last topic? Yes, the Tesla Cybertruck. If you don't know about this, we will do a quick recap. Uh, Tesla unveiled its new vehicle this week. It is called the Cybertruck. It, well, how do we describe this? It looks like it was pulled out of a poorly rendered video game. It is very angular in design, and it is it's definitely a statement, and it is quite invincible. So. At uh, least that's yeah. what so Elon. Elon Musk did a demonstration of the Cybertruck, and uh, it was very flamboyant, very impressive. So they, they brought out a normal truck door, hit it with a sledgehammer, it dented, obviously. They used the same sledgehammer 
even more force on the Cybertruck, same door, or not same door, door of the Cybertruck, and no dent, no scratch, thing was fine. They then bring out a panel of glass from a normal truck and they drop a metal sphere on it from, I'd say, roughly three feet up, and the glass shatters, of course. And then they bring out a panel of Tesla glass. I don't know if that's the official name, but that's glass by Tesla, so we'll call it that. Uh, they drop the same ball from the same height, glass is fine. So they get a ladder out, and the guy climbs up to, I'd say, 10 feet above this panel of glass, drops the same ball, nothing. So they drop a bigger metal ball on top of this from 10 feet, nothing. The glass is fine. It's clearly impenetrable, at least for metal balls. I should point out the body of the truck is bulletproof. They didn't do that live demonstration, but they did have a video of it. So then they take this metal sphere, and Elon Musk points to the truck and says, throw, throw it at the truck, right? And, and we just demonstrated the capabilities of Tesla glass, so no one's worried. So the guy throws it, and he throws it fairly gingerly, which is interesting. You'd think he might have done it with more force, and maybe he was supposed to do it with more force after that, but he didn't really get the chance, because after that first throw, the window shattered. Spider, like, large spiderweb of cracks. It didn't, as Elon Musk point out, go through, but frankly, that wasn't what mattered at the moment. What mattered was that this brand new truck that was supposed to have invincible glass just broke in front of everyone. So the guy throwing the ball uh, offers to demonstrate on the second window in case, you know, it's just some weird flaw with the first window. So he throws out the second window and the same exact thing happens. And all Elon Musk can say is, that wasn't supposed to happen. So at this point, Elon is just flustered. Um, but he's only about halfway through his presentation. So he has to go through the rest of his presentation with his prime truck that's supposed to be able to compete with the new F-150. And he has two broken windows. Behind him. Behind him as he talks about this truck. Now, and they do show afterwards videos of them throwing things at the window of the cyber truck. One of them was a sink. And it was fine. So... It's just, it's very odd. We're not really sure what happened with the window yet. I'd speculate that maybe curving the glass made it weaker in some aspect, but again, they tested it. So it's hard to say if like the wrong glass was put in or if there's just something about a spherical shape that is more damaging than a sink somehow. Again, <laughs> it makes no sense. I will say the truck was a very impressive demonstration nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, I was very impressed with it. Again, this is not what Elon needed to say as the broken window stood behind him, but it, the ball did not go through. And, you know, as far as windows go, they are very strong windows. And I don't think you'll ever have a grape-sized, grapefruit-sized uh, metal ball being thrown at your truck. And if it did, it would not go through. <laughs> so, um, but let's talk about the design real quick. The design's very interesting. What are your thoughts on the look? So, obviously, when he... When Tesla designs anything, they want it to be able to stand out on the road. That's one of their calling cards. So something that was surprising to a lot of people is that this Tesla was not circular like all of the other Tesla cars so far. It didn't match the set. No. It, it's based on straight lines. And one thing that Tesla or that Elon made sure to go into in his presentation was that they didn't skimp on size or width. It's still pretty much as wide and as uh, long as a normal cab truck. Um, but however, they just changed the shape completely. So at first when I looked at it, I, I didn't love it. But the more I looked at it, I be it began to grow on me. I kind of liked it. Yeah, and I will say what's interesting is like most trucks have, I mean, it's called a flatbed. But what we didn't realize until we saw this truck is they also have a flat top. Not 
the Tesla Cybertruck. It has kind of a ramp running down the back that covers the top and that ramp folds down into an actual ramp leading up into the bed of the truck, which is really cool, I think, to have a built-in ramp to get up to the bed because sometimes that's a hard thing to do is to lift things that high into the air. So that's convenient. And it worked into the design, the design quite nicely as far as the angular part went while also yeah. covering the bed effectively. And so along with unveiling that truck, they unveiled a Tesla four-wheeler and uh, that four-wheeler fits perfectly in the bed of the truck. Yeah, so I don't know, we can talk about the specs a little bit. Yeah, so real quick, would you drive this? So without talking about the price point or the capabilities of it, I wouldn't love driving this truck. Would you feel awkward? Yes, just as Elon looks every time I see him in an interview. <laughs> That's how I would feel. Okay. Frankly, it looks, okay, it looks very futuristic. Yeah. And so here's the thing. It's, it looks like it came out of the movie Back to the Future. Yeah, or like Tron, but the original one. <laughs> it doesn't look like it belongs on the street. No. And I'm kind of torn here because it's a look I enjoy in a different setting, and I'm torn about how to get there. Do you think we need to, like our cars slowly change over time, right? Is this one of those things that we just slowly need to get to and evolve with everything else like streets and architecture? Or is it possible to be this bold and make a change this fast and have everything adjust to it instead of with it? Well, you say that cars change over time, but they really don't because you have your majestic Corvettes from the 60s and 70s that are still a staple of what cars look like today. That's very true. And I have complained before that even the general design of vehicles has not changed much. And I don't, I don't have any good ideas for how to change this, but you got headlights in the front, you got taillights in the back, the drivers on the front left. All cars have like doors in the same spot. Some of them open differently. So, I mean, that's something, but it hasn't changed much. Someone set a standard and we can't move past it. It's probably the best standard. That's probably why it's lasted so long, but that's not always the case. Sometimes we just do things because that's the way they are. And I would like to see a new innovative approach to vehicles that we haven't seen before. Yeah. This, this is innovative, but it does still keep the basic design of all vehicles. So Tesla's not really what I'm talking about here, but they are making some drastic changes and it'll be interesting to see how the public reacts to that. But if I'm driving it on the street, I would feel very conspicuous. I mean, this is definitely one of those things that children stare out of the car at and just like, you know, what is that thing? Yeah, but I feel like with the brand that Tesla has built, you almost are owning the truck to say you own a Tesla That's truck. That's fair. No one who owns a Tesla does it to be like inconspicuous. Yeah. Like they know they're driving a Tesla and they, everyone else does too. Yep, yep. So yep. that's not new. The difference is it looks, it's a lot closer to a tank in looks and design. <laughs> it is bulletproof. So I would not want to run into that. Yeah. Let's put it that way. That would suck to crash into. Do not want to get rear-ended by the Cybertruck. So those are just the basic ideas of the of this Tesla Cybertruck. On top of that, the so just like any other Tesla vehicle, there's versions of each that go from a lower range and lower power, least expensive, to higher power, higher mileage, whatever. Just low end to high end. So the cheapest model is right at $40,000 and it's going to get you 350 miles. So just that alone 
almost brings it to compete with the high-end trucks that are currently on the market. Because you're not, most likely, no truck. It all is already horrible. Like an F-150 is not very uh, fuel efficient, so you're not taking massive trips with it. Mm -hmm. And so most trips are shorter, under 350 miles that you're going to be doing. So it seems reasonable for someone that's in the market for a high-end truck to be buying the lower-end Tesla. Yeah, this is not like other Tesla vehicles, which are often pricey and flamboyant, as we mentioned before. Yeah. This is a lot more, I mean, besides the look of it, it's a lot more reasonable as a vehicle as far as price point and capabilities in comparison to other things within its price range. Yeah, and so one of the key aspects of the Cybertruck is that all of the shocks are air hydraulics. So air can be manipulated to have the shocks be more extreme or less extreme. With that, it just gives the ability to have a smooth, I don't know if you've ever been in like a lifted truck on a just barely slightly bumpy dirt road. It's miserable. It, yeah, I've, because I've been there. It's compensating for not a lot, but if you are like extremely bumpy, then you can't feel, you can't hardly feel much. But it's not adjustable. Yes. So with the Tesla truck, you're going to be able to adjust the amount of air pressure. Now, can you adjust that from within the truck? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. On the fly. Yeah. That is pretty cool. So with the ability to change, gain, and lose air pressure, you can use that air pressure. So you can pump up tires if you have your Tesla um, four-wheeler. Oh. It has an extension out of the truck. That is cool. To use as an air compressor, which I thought was super cool. And if you know anything about truck drivers, they take their trucks places. They're not <laughs> just on the road. So that is definitely, if you're into trucks, that is something you're going to be looking at and probably be very interested in. I still don't know how I feel about the design in the desert. Maybe it'll look more aesthetic yeah. than on the road. I, yeah, I really don't love the design, but the aspects of what he's put into it seem incredible at the price range that it's available. They know the design is drastic, but it almost seems like they're pushing the capabilities to a point where we're willing for a drastic aesthetic change for the capabilities that it offers. Yes. He's trying, he's, he's, he's trying to get in the game. Now we got to talk about some of the repercussions. It, so it, it seems like a good deal. And how many orders have been placed? Oh, o over 250,000. Yeah, so even with the botched presentation, he is still receiving massive orders, and I don't blame anyone who's purchasing it. It's a very impressive vehicle. But a lot of people were not impressed, and uh, I think the stock market reflects that. Here's would you like to... Yeah, in the opening hours of the day after the presentation that the stock exchange was open, it dropped $20 immediately as the exchange opened, which was equal to millions and millions of losses uh, for the company. But it, it bounced back uh, fairly well in the next couple of days. But, you know, it's, it's just extreme. Anything that Elon does is gonna get, it's polarizing. It's gonna be positive or negative. I mean, this is not the first time he's had a hit on the stock market <laughs> as a result of something he did publicly. <laughs> Obviously a reference to Joe Rogan and Elon. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested to see how this vehicle fares, um, if it's going to catch on. I wonder, do you think if it is received well, if the design of future Tesla vehicles are going to change as a result? 
Well, I think that their Tesla Roadster series is already set to look pretty much that way. Okay. So I think their trucks, if this is really accepted, they're going to continue to look like this. But I think the cars will continue to stay more circular. Okay. And do you think the angular design has anything to do with one, aerodynamics, and two, the durability of the vehicle? Well, obviously, circles are not as strong. Which might have been proved by the windows. Are the windows flat or are they curved? Uh, well, I mean, any windows, I mean, just slightly bent. Okay, that's what I thought, but... I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, everything comes with time. And then I also wonder, with an angled vehicle, and I hope no one ever rolls their Cybertruck, but is that going to keep it from rolling as much? Oh, I do wonder. But it's also, the other aspect I thought about is if it's really that hard to get into, if you do roll it and you have to get out of the car and you're unable to. Is it hard to get into? Well, how are people going to get into it? The door? Yeah, yeah, haven't you seen when like there's a really bad wreck and they can't get into the door and they have to use like the jaws of life oh, to I, break open the door? I thought you were saying it's just hard to get in the vehicle in general. Oh no, oh, okay. I'm saying like when there's a wreck of yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. What are what are the repercussions there? I, that's a good question. I guess as long well, as I mean, one of the doors is facing upward. Obviously, the glass won't be hard to yeah. get into. I mean, maybe the glass needs to be weaker then. That's a good point. How are they going to break into that? Yeah. I, I suppose we're going to find out with the number of car wrecks that happens on a daily basis, unfortunately. But yeah, it'll be interesting to know. Hopefully, though, the car's strong enough that the damage on the inside's a lot yeah. less. And I mean, it doors won't crumple, will still be able to be crumple as easily. Yeah. I mean, I suppose if something drastic enough did happen to crumple the door, that would be broken to the point of being able to wedge it open. But that is an interesting point. I'm sure he didn't bring up during the presentation, <laughs> <laughs> particularly not after the windows. Yeah, and so there's one uh, other item that's come up after this. So during his presentation, he showed a video of the new F-150 and the Cybertruck, and there was a rope between them as a tug-of-war situation. Both of them went full speed, and the Cybertruck pulled the F-150, and Ford immediately claimed that it was rigged and so they want to do a rematch because they're claiming that they supercharged or did some type of extra to the, the cyber, cyber truck. truck so it looks like there's going to be a rematch which is one just publicity bait that is amazing yeah and it's good for everyone it is i mean what do you think are the, are the claims true oh i'm sure there's no way that they didn't boost the ability Mm -hmm. of the Cybertruck, like, who wouldn't? Well, personally, I don't think they did, and here's why. They have not skimped out on any part of this truck at some point. They demonstrated a sledgehammer in front of live audience. The windows did not work, but they did test the windows, and they had video footage of the test working, so it doesn't seem like they are skimping out on what they can do in person. I'd like to believe, and you have to think, if you challenge a company like Ford and publicly kind of like rip on them like that, you have to know they're going to try to come back at you in some way. So I can't imagine they skimped on that test the way Ford is saying they did. Otherwise, this is going to be yet another huge public embarrassment for Elon and the Cybertruck. And it, frankly, I don't think it can take that, or neither can the company. Well, I mean, with already so many orders. That's true. I mean, the product is going to last, but the reputation, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, there has been an explosion of memes 
based on the Cybertruck alone. Um, if you haven't seen them, they're fantastic. Please go check them out. <laughs> but it is getting ripped on by the internet a bit. But orders say otherwise. It is still going to be a popular vehicle. Yeah. Well, I think that is all we have for you today. Thanks so much for tuning in to Notorious News Network, and we will see you guys next episode. Have a good week.